world. To pass first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond, you're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Go wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen. Coming at you Monday through Friday, free on all platforms. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we're talking Scoot Henderson star qualities. Scoot gave Blazers probably the best seven minutes of unbridled joy and enjoyment that they've had in months. I want to talk about that and why I think it matters for the for the, for the future of this franchise. A thing he didn't he did while not playing. Uh, Blazers did indeed play. We'll talk about their game. In the second segment, they approved a 3-1 and one in Summer League, and I think we saw some growth from some guys who are going to be on the team in the fall. And then we're going to close, head you in, send you into the weekend with the latest Damian Lillard rumblings. Um, we, we, I guess I like, in some ways, I we just got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. Um, I, I, too, am worn out by the Dame drama, but... Um, it, it's what it's what we it's what we need to do here. It's my responsibility to uh, to not sort of neglect the news, and that is in full quotes. Let's let's talk about fun stuff before we talk about the drama. Scoot Henderson is a star. He's going to be a good basketball player, but during a first half interview uh, on the ESPN broadcast, ESPN two broadcast of the Blazers summer league game against the Orlando Magic, which they won handily. Scoot Anderson was on, was, you know, they, they give him a headset and he sits on the bench or in his case stands on the bench. And he did about a seven and a half minute television interview for maybe in the second quarter. And I, I think it was about the, the most entertaining, most joyful seven minutes that Blazers fans have had in a long time. I uh, am linking it in the episode description for this episode. Shout out to uh, K's Kid on Reddit who ripped the video. Uh, K's, if you are, if you hear this or someone sends it to you, uh, send me an email, lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com, and I will send you a Robert Covington basketball card for your struggles. Appreciate it. The interview, which you should watch after you watch this entire episode all the way through uh, to, the, to the very last second, uh, click on that video and watch the interview. Or click on it, come back. Watch my show, please. If you're on YouTube, uh, if you're in the, if you're an audio listener, you can click on, you can follow that YouTube link uh, and, and make it happen to yourself. It's really just fun stuff. Because Scoot Henderson is answering questions and it's, it's kind of like the run of the mill, like, how'd you get the name Scoot? What was it like to be drafted? How, what'd you think about your experience in summer league? Right. It's the kind of questions you, you ask when um, you are trying to cover the entire league. Um, and it's not even the actual NBA. It's the fake NBA. It's like, it's, um, you know, 30 teams with each of them have three NBA players on it. And then a whole collection of dudes you've never known. Um, and then, and most of them are Scoot who, who's played very little time on, on a professional court. Actually, he's played a bunch, but like in an NBA court. So it's not that these questions are like the super enlightening. How'd you get the name Scoot? He scooted around as a kid. How you know what was it like to get drafted? It was the best night of my life. It's so cool, and my family was there, and it was so special. Those answers are really are are fun to hear Scoot answer. But what makes it special is that Scoot he I, I talked about in yesterday's show that he basically spends the entire game standing. He's really engaged, and he when they come over, you know, he agrees to do the interview. They put the headset on. He sits down. Um, 
and they, they kind of joke like, you you know, this is the first time you've been sitting. He's like, yeah, yeah, I try to get my teammates in it. And then about a minute into the interview, he can't keep sitting and he has to stand up and he is just yelling commentary to his, his, uh, to his teammates on the court as they go on like a 20 to something run to just annihilate, annihilate the Magic in the first half. Magic playing without um, their two lottery picks. Um, they're, they did not win a game in Vegas. They're just, they're, they're getting to the end and the Blazers beat the snot out of, and, and Scoot was enjoying it. He's, he's yelling for, um, for Ryan Rupert to, uh, for cookies, getting a steal at midcourt. Let's go Roops. He's yelling for Duop Reefs, uh, making a three pointer and getting a rebound in traffic. He's yelling for Shaden Sharp with a really good contest. And then what I love, he's yelling Shane sprint, 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 which is go run in transition. Like he's coaching him up. He is celebrating his guys. He's celebrating. Celebrating Justin Manaya making hustle plays. He's celebrating nice plays by Michael DeVoe, the Blazers' uh, summer league point guard. Like he's truly enjoying it. He's they ask him a question. He's interrupting their question just to yell and continue to be a teammate and have fun and love basketball. And then comes back. Oh yeah, you know my dad called me Scoot because I scooted around. He's really funny with nicknames. I got a sister named Moochie. He's really good at him, and they stick when we get him. This was to me. Um, just like joyful, right? Like I love, I, I love basketball and I'm a very pro joy. If you're a new listener to the podcast, this is joy is a big theme of Lockdown Blazers. Very pro joy. Uh, when something is fun, you should say, this is fun. And you should like, um, sit with it a while because fun is fleeting life and, and enjoyment are fleeting. Sit with the fun stuff. This was fun. Seven minutes with, with, with Scoot. But it made me think of What's next for the Blazers? They're caught in this whirlwind of a franchise icon who's kind of holding them in a semi-hostage situation to trade him away from the team after 11 years, only one destination, kind of tanking his trade value, all the mess, right? Like, you follow the team. You know what's going on. And I think that is tough as a fan. I don't, I know that it's tough, right? Like it's just, it's tough, but whether you're ready, whether you're desperately hoping the dame stays, whether you're just like, get it over with, or whether you're somewhere in the middle, like hold him, you know, hold him out until you get the best package. Like no matter which of the three camps you go into, you're probably tired of the drama. Well, Scoot gave you seven minutes away from the drama. And more than that, he's 19 years old. He has the skills, the soft skills to be a franchise leader because part of leading a team is being really good. You need to be the best player or darn close to it, right? Um, or you need to have played in the league like 20 years like Udonis Haslam, right? But if, 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 you're, if you're sort of in that, in that mix, right, you need to be one of the best players in the team. That's, that's how your voice gets heard. So I, you are vocal because um, you deliver on the court. You can't be bad and talk. Um, and you have to play. You can't, uh, unless, again, unless you're like the UD type. Uh, it's rare. Scoot has the ability to be the best player on the team. I, I'm not 100% sure he will be that with Jeremy Grant on the team, um, his rookie season. Um, and, and who knows when he assumes that mantle because Amphrey Simons is also a very good basketball player. But at some point in the next couple of years, Scoot Anderson is going to be the best player in the Blazers. I'm pretty comfortable saying that unless Shaden Sharp takes a big leap. But guess what? Shaden Sharp is not cut out. He does not have the soft skills or the personality to be a leader of a team. Not only the sort of vocal yelling, hey, go here, go here stuff. But the part of being an NBA leader is the is assuming the being the voice, like the literal voice of the team. So that means when stuff goes wrong, you go in the locker room and nobody wants to talk and they're all hot and they're all hiding in the hiding in the shower, hiding in the back in the film room in the Blazers case, like wherever they might be. 
stand in front of your locker, you answer questions. It's what separated Brandon Roy from LaMarcus Aldridge later, early in, in this sort of that partnership. It's what eventually separated Dame from LaMarcus Aldridge is that Dame had the soft skills to be kind of that franchise guy, I think in some ways is why their relationship kind of bristled a little bit because Damian Lillard had the skills as a youngster. Scoot has that vibe. He has those skills. He has, he has the aura and the ability to... Um, to just he's he just has star qualities. He has absolute star qualities. Um, you know he's like played Romeo Travis in the LeBron James biopic. Something I learned in the uh, in that interview. Like it, the dude is um, he was he was born to do this. He was born to be pro at seventeen and go and um, and be in front of the camera and be the face. Like whatever happens with Dame and whatever whatever um, however this is settled. If it's not settled till February and it's like really gross. Whenever the transition happens, Jeremy Grant will be the leader because uh, he's, he's going to be because uh, of his age and his skills. But Scoot Anderson is eventually in the near future ready to assume the mantle of franchise icon because he has the soft skills of it. Um you got to be really good to be like a franchise, like icon is maybe a two word and franchise pillar, but like the guy. He's ready to be the guy because he has the skills, the requisite skills, both on the court and off the court to be the guy. And he has this effervescent charisma that is just like, it's a it factor, right? Like, it's just like a thing that made Dame Dame early in his career was like, oh man, this, this young man is compelling. But in the way that Dame was like steely, cool and professional, Scoot is bubbly and, and goofy and just like, um, they're very different personalities, but have very similar sort of overall affect to them. The Blazers are going to be in good hands. Scoot Henderson is a star. He's going to be a star. I feel, um, I really came away from this game feeling better about Scoot Henderson and the Blazers um, than I have all summer. And I'm, I'm, I've been pretty high on Scoot. Like, I think he's going to be really good as a basketball player. And I came away from that um, moment in the second quarter, that interview in the second quarter, like, okay, this was the most fun it's been to be a Blazer fan in weeks. This team is in good hands. This franchise is in good hands. And whenever they settle the mess, they're headed in the right, they're headed in the right direction with, with a guy who's totally capable of being the next dude. Okay. Let's talk about the game a little bit. Uh, I thought Chaden Sharp, he didn't even have to play in the second half because they were so dominant and he had a really nice first half. I thought Ryan Rupert and uh, Ibubaji both played their best games for the Blazers in Summer League. Let's talk about all of that in the second segment. Before we get there, let me tell you about Bird Dogs. They're comfortable shorts. Um, they make you look good. They're stretchy and they, uh, they kind of fit your legs with that sculpted look. They're not boxy and wide-legged like your average shorts. Like if you're rocking the cargo shorts that make you look like you're from a 2002 rap video, why not check out Bird Dogs? Because they don't they make shorts that don't have that giant pant leg that makes you look like you're in a 2002 rap video, part of the No Limit gang. Instead, you're just going to look like someone who's wearing comfortable and versatile shorts. It's got cloud neck Cloud knit fabric looks like khaki, but feels like feels like athletic shorts. Plus, anti stink sweat wicking fabric that gives you cool keeps you cool and dry all day long. So, go to birddogs.com/lockedonnba. Enter the promo code lockedonnba or enter the promo code lockedonnba for a free Yeti style tumbler. That's birddogs.com/lockedonnba or promo code lockedonnba for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. Oh. Right. Let's talk about this basketball game. 
Um, Scoot was the highlight for me, but the Blazers played a game and it was an absolute beatdown and they rolled. I'm telling you, rolled in this one. It was 45-19 at halftime. And when they came back from the second half, Shaden Sharp was on the bench. The camera was on him like, this dude's done. Um, you know, Sharp had 12 points. It wasn't like he it wasn't like he had 30 in the first half, and they're like, get him out of here. But the Blazers were so dominant during the second quarter specifically that the game was over and the Blazers could just rest their, you know, Shane Sharp's going to play a kajillion games for the Blazers this year, a whole bunch of minutes. You did your thing. You're, you, we do not need to see any more. Let's see some other folks try their hand at this and just no more, no more risk, risking it health-wise or just even like the minorest hiccup because we are smoking this team. Um, I thought Sharp did a good job in this game of getting himself into the paint. He smoked a wide open layup early in this one. And it's like, oh man, come on, come on, Shay. But, you know, got himself into the paint, scored to the rim, hit a three from Damian Lillard, 37 foot range, um, which wasn't even that late in the shot clock. He shot it kind of early just because he felt it was feeling good and hit the, had rhythm. Um, I thought he was just, uh, you know, they're playing really tough defense on him like they're for sure sitting on his right hand trying to send him left like all the things I talked about in yesterday's show it's like believe it or not NBA teams are much better at scouting players than some doofus in his basement but like they were getting up into him and getting after it and Shaden Sharp did a good job of getting out in transition so he could score early score on the move score against before defense got set get himself into the paint when he was getting pressure, running dribble handoffs or just getting off the ball and not over dribbling or pulling, you know, pulling the ball back out and, 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 uh, killing clock. Like I thought he just played well. He just played a smart, a smart, solid game. Um, it's what you want to see from him, right? It's like, I guess what you want to see is him score like 35 and be the best player on the court and like, you know, do the MJ shrug after hitting six threes. But short of that, just like, you know, hadn't hadn't had a bunch of really good minutes in summer league. Came out and played a focused, solid first half. They dominated. I thought he played. Um, I, I, he was just good, and they said, "Cool, sit." Yeah. So, what you want to see from Shea? Um, and the Blazers play one more game after this. More on that in a moment. I will he play? Kind of doubt it. I do not think. I think that may have been that half may have been the last of Shaden Sharp's Vegas experience. So, you know. Maybe go back and rewatch it. Soak it up. Uh, two young players played uh, played really solid games for the Blazers. I thought uh, Ibubaji played the best game he had in summer, and I thought Ryan Rupert probably played the best game he had in, in the summer. In the summer, let's let's talk about Rupert first. Um, Roops, as they call him, just you know, he he's billed as this dude who's going to be an on-ball defensive menace, right? He's going to be just lock lock folks up on defense, and I thought he was really good at that like he showed flashes of that this this um this week but i think in this game it's like truly pressuring the ball got out and got two steals one that led to an open dunk and and um and uh, scoot henderson yelling cookies on the broadcast um that's when you steal the ball from someone in the open in the open court near midcourt typically cookies um he's he he got a steal he got another pressure on the sidelines where he got where he knocked the ball away like his length is real and he has real defensive want to um defense is not all effort despite what your high school coach may have told you it's there's a real skill to it but there is a level of effort requisite to be a good defender and the required effort was is there for repair like he gets after it and wants to play defense and the want to is there and the skill set is there the length is there like he's um I don't know that he has a real role. I mean, he might. The Blazers might like. 
I say this with love. They might be the worst team in the NBA next year. So like he might play a lot. Um, like we'll see, but I don't think, I do not think he'll be a regular part of the rotation early in the season. I just don't think he's good enough to be counted on. And the Blues have vets like Matisse Thibel's just like a better version of him. And then Jeremy Grant's still going to play and Nurk is on the team. Damon Lode's still in the roster for now. If they do make a trade, they're going to bring in other NBA players who are like probably capable of playing. I don't think Rupert plays. But to see him get better through Summer League and in Game 4 be significantly better than he was in Game 1 is the whole point of the process. That's why you're there. That's why you're playing games. That's why you're watching film. That's why you're talking coaches. That's why you spend a week. It's why it's why Summer League has value to teams. So they can get a second-round pick in there who's like, okay, here's what you do well. Here's what you don't do well. Let's cut out some of the stuff that you're incapable of. Let's focus on what you can really do well. And how about when you get out there, show us your best stuff. If you're really good pressuring the ball, we're going to give you point of attack assignments where you're guarding the point guard, you're guarding guarding the guy who brings it up across half court, and just go get him. Like, go make his day terrible. And I thought Rupert did a really good job of making folks' days terrible his best game of the summer. Uh, um, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed him. I was thinking of um, comps for him. He reminds me of, like, um, is he like a longer Andre Roberson? Anybody like that? Like that, email me, lockdownblazerspot at gmail.com. If you have a better comp for repair, um, hit me up. It's like defensive ace with very little offensive production. I, I thought Tabo Cephalosha, but I think that sells Tabo's offensive game a little bit short. Um, Ibu Baji, I thought he played his best game. Uh, had a couple dunks early, um, just like getting to the rim, rolling to the rim. I talked about that early in this in the Vegas week. It was just like if he could roll to the rim and jump up to 11 feet, he could score easy points. He did that a couple times. Um Blocked a couple shots, but had a, they played like a really aggressive drop against the Magic. Uh, the Magic were not playing. They did not play uh, Jet Howard. Did not play Anthony Black. They're two lottery picks. They're just they're those dudes are shut down for for the week. Um, and the and the Blazers were playing their centers like below the foul line on pick and rolls that were set at the three point line. So like. I don't know, seven and a half feet below the screen, like way, way back there in the paint. And Baji just, he, he controlled the paint. He locked it down. Um, he, he did not leave. He said, call three seconds on me. I'm not leaving the paint. Had a couple of big blocks where he's just like, I'm standing here playing center field. If you come out here, come at me, I'm gigantic. He's not very fast laterally. So like, that's where his skill set is going to be. Um, I thought he, I thought he played well there. And for me, he threw two of the best passes that he's thrown all, all, um, all week. I mentioned yesterday that I thought my favorite play of him on offense all, all week long was when he caught it in the short roll at the foul line and kicked it to the opposite corner. Catch, see it, kick it. Like, just quick decision-making. He had two slow decision-making, great passes today. Uh, he had a third really also nice pass inside for an assist, but, like, two just, like, high-level reads. One where he's, like, um, foul line extended, not going a three-point line, but, like, foul line extended, and just threw a little back cut to Shea. Shaden Sharp caught it, finished at the rim uh, on the left side. Just just a good, nice pass to a cutter. Solid look, solid read. Um, your guy's playing off you. You have passing lanes if you don't pressure the ball. Um, I thought it was just, like, a solid pass. And then he had a skip to Jabari Walker in the opposite corner where he caught it maybe halfway down on the block and just threw a, you know, a hook skip to the opposite corner. So he's on the left side of the paint. Jabari Walker's in the right-hand corner and he throws it cross court to Jabari in the corner. Jabari missed the shot, but like a center who can catch in the post and throw opposite with one hand. I, I didn't know Baji could do that. I had no idea. I'm learning. I am learning his game along with you. Um, and to me, that was a really a straight up really good play. Um, I, I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't know he had that in him. And then he had a nice interior pass inside. I believe it was Jabari Walker. It's in my notes as Jabari Walker, but um, 
You never know in Summer League. I may have just straight up got the number wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Jabari. Um, where he caught it inside and the defense came and he just kind of lobbed it over the top with his size, like just nice little touch pass, not too, you know, didn't throw it too soft, so Jabari got blocked, didn't throw it too hard, so it was uncatchable. Just nice little turn, dump, dump in pass from the uh, from one block to the other. Baji doesn't have much offense. He had a, like a weird turnover where he just t- tried to do too many things up and under spinning pivot. Um, you know, he's taking jumpers yesterday that I'm not sure are part of his arsenal, but if he can block shots and make the right passes and right decisions, and these are like better than just right decisions, these are kind of high level passing. Um, then he's like, he's got some stuff and you can mold some stuff into some other stuff and he can be a player down the line. Um, much like repair. It's like, you want to see these dudes, be, you know, if they're really bad in game one, you want them to see much better in game four. This was the best to me that Baji has played. Um, it's the point of summer league. Get excited. Um, or don't, you don't have to get excited about this stuff, but like, um, if you're looking for development, it's right there in front of you in a week in Vegas. These guys are better than when they got there, which is, um, believe it or not, the comfort of playing a bunch of real minutes, organized basketball minutes helped young players play. It's, again, the value of the exercise. Um, the Blazers are going to play one more game. By my math, they are not going to be um, involved in the Summer League tournament. Uh, Cleveland and Houston are in. They're both 4-0. Uh, Utah's 3-0 in place tomorrow. And Brooklyn is 3-1 with a plus 10 differential. The Blazers uh, plus 6.8 differential after a 19-point victory over the Magic. In which oh, They were 45-19 at halftime. They had a chance to just like you know, keep Shaden Sharp in there and make the championship or make the semifinals. The top four teams, uh, either based on record, and then if you have the same record, it's point differential for multiple teams tied. Um, it's it's only head-to-head if you have the same, if you have the, if there's a single single team uh, tiebreaker, but it's going to be multi-team tiebreakers because a bunch of teams are going to win three and one. I do not think, and I'm recording this at like 8.30 on a Thursday, so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, I think the Blazers are not in the semifinals. They're going to play one more game at Summer League. Uh, and we will. Um, it'll be over the weekend. They, we haven't announced it yet, Saturday or Sunday. They played Thursday, so I assume it will be a Saturday game. Guess where you'll find the coverage of their final Summer League game? Right here on Locked on Blazers. Okay, to close the show, I want to talk about Damian Lillard. Uh, look, we made it almost 25 minutes without bringing him up. Uh, at least the trade stuff up. Eh, I kind of mentioned it. Whoops. Let's talk about the sort of the latest rumblings that have national reporters uh, and and those types have t- have written about after a week in Vegas with the entire league. But first, let me tell you about FanDuel. Why don't you take your first swing betting on MLB at FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. The MLB second half starts today, Friday, July 14th, as you're listening to this. So why not? Bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend on betting everything from the money line to over under to who's going to hit the uh, first home run to nerfies to your fees if you're really all about it in, in uh, MLB betting. That's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official partner of MLB. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You still listen to Locked On Blazers. We're going to close the show with Dame Rumblings. If you stuck around for the rumblings, I'm going to bring them to you. 
The reporting from Vegas mostly mirrors the public comments from Joe Cronin, believe it or not, when Joe Cronin says, I'm going to be patient. Right there out in front of you and to the, to the folks that say, hey, I'm, I'm going to be, um, this, is, this is Joe Cronin talking in the microphone, we're going to be patient. If it takes months, it takes months. Well, the folks that are hearing things that are not in the microphone suggest that, yeah, that sounds like what the Blazers' plan is. The sort of rumblings from Ramona Shelburne of ESPN and Sam Amick of The Athletic suggest that, indeed, the Blazers are willing to be patient. They're willing to, um, you know, they, would, they, they are even comfortable going into training camp and just figuring out what Damian Lillard wants to do. Does he want to play? Does he want to, does he want to not report? Like, what kind of... I, don't, I think Dame would play. Like, I, I don't... I, he doesn't strike me as wired that he would like full James Harden it, um, but we'll see. And if he's healthy in reports, uh, the precedent has been set with Anthony Davis. If you're there, you got to play at least some of the games each week. And that's kind of how the Pelicans did it during that messy situation. I hope it doesn't come to that. What a terrible way for the sort of Damian Lord relationship to end with the Blazers. Um, yeah, it stinks. It stinks for everybody. But the the reporting from Amick at The Athletic and Ramon Shelburne at ESPN is that the Blazers are indeed comfortable being patient, and from Shelburne specifically, patient means some patient means training camp if it if it comes to that. Um, Jake Fisher over at Yahoo Sports reported something pretty similar that the Blazers are going to indeed take their time, and that some of the and, and they're willing to do so. I'm, uh, real quick on that, uh, there's more, Jake Jake Fisher actually has some has some like real nuts and bolts stuff that we'll get to to close the show but patience patience has to mean more than two weeks Damon Lord requested a trade on July 1st and while I think it's totally reasonable to think if the Blazers wanted to uh, agree to a trade with uh, the Miami Heat they know what the deal is. Both both sides know what the deal is. Like, the Heat know what the best version of their offer is. The Blazers know what the best version of a Heat offer is. Like, it would take a, a few hours, right? Like, they, like, like they, could st- they could contact each other about 9 a.m., and then by the end of the day, they could get a deal done, like, if they wanted to get it done. So, like, obviously, it could, be, it could have been done on, on July 1st, but, like, there's more moving parts than that. There's likely three, if not four, teams going to be involved in a trade, even if if, it, if Dame, and I think it's still the most likely scenario, ends up in Miami. But patience has to mean more than 12 days. Like, I'm recording this on the evening of July 13th. You're listening again to Friday, July 14th show. Thank you for listening. It's not even two full weeks since Damon Lowe requested a trade. And the the way the, like, 24-hour news cycle is like, they're going to be patient. They're willing to wait two weeks. Like, it ha- like it feels like forever. It feels like forever to me. Like, it legitimately feels like forever to me. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm, like, immune to this by any means. Um, it just, like, the, 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 the language, like, the Blazers are holding out. They're holding out forever. It's like, they, it's, they haven't even spent two weeks, like, p- playing hardball. It's just, like... If, if Jaime Jaquez from the Miami, Miami Heat is involved, he can't even be traded until July 30th because he signed a contract and you got to wait 30 days as, as a rookie after you sign your contract to be traded. Ask Andrew Wiggins. He played in summer league for the for the Cavs before he got traded to the, to the Wolves. Like, patience means, to me, patience means like December. This is just like, the, the the process of making, of trading one of the best players in the history of your franchise and one of the best players in the NBA. Damon Lewis was one of the 10 best players in the league last year. 
If trading him even to his preferred destination takes three weeks, is that really patience? <laughs> or is that just is that just how the process goes? I think we've I think we've become a, become obsessed with immediate action a little bit. But the way we're going to get immediate action is a reporting from Jake Fisher, who says one of the teams that might be interested in Tyler Hero is the Utah Jazz. And if you're the Trailblazers, that's good news. It's good news. It's good news. I don't think, you know, there was, um, my man Sean Woodley of, of Locked On Raptors has been pushing an idea of trading Dame to the to the Toronto Raptors for a package that includes um, uh, Scotty Barnes. And he's been pushing that for um, more than a month. Um, I checked his Twitter feed. He's been on it for, for, for more than a month. And it came out of their story in the Ringer today that offered a very similar package to the one Sean Woodley has been, has been uh, slinging on the internet. If that were to come about, that's a whole different thing. I'm not sure it's going to come about. There's been some ideas that you could trade Damian Lord to to the New Orleans Pelicans. Truly do not understand why the Pelicans would want to reunite Damian CJ. Just one of the most bizarre, sort of like not particularly well thought out trade things ever. But if they want to do it, sure. Get Brandon Ingram, sure, sure. Totally different conversation. I just don't think those types of deals are going to materialize. Uh, the Blazers would have no interest in Carl Anthony Towns. His contract is brutal. Um, it's, uh, yeah, like... It, I don't think if another magic team comes around, not the magic, but if another like sort of, if the unicorn appears, take the unicorn deal. I've talked about this a bunch, but the most likely scenario is that the Blazers find a palatable way to trade Damian Lillard to the Miami heat. And the way that it would be palatable was, is finding a third team who's truly interested in values, Tyler hero, and is able to offer a first round pick and something else. If something else is just a future second, sure, take it. If something else is like a future protected first round pick, take it too, right? Like stuff. Because if the Heat go all in, their offer is three picks. You get Hakez, you get maybe Nikola Jovic, you get, uh, you know, you take on Duncan Robinson to make the money work. You take on, you you ship Tyler Hero to a third team and it's Utah. You're talking, you know, four upwards of four firsts, two young players that aren't like high upside players. But again, are those deals going to materialize? If they, are, if you think they are, hold out, sure. But but it's, it seems it seems relatively unlikely to me. So the reporting from Jake Fisher that Utah at least has some interest in Tyler Hero, I think it's I think it's a good thing for Blazer fans because the the Utah Jazz have ten first round picks to trade between the twenty twenty four draft and the twenty twenty seven draft. That's ten first round picks over the next four drafts. They can afford to just give you one. They might not because it's Danny freaking Ainge, but they like they literally can't make all of those picks. At some point, they need to trade or turn those picks into like several of those picks into one player, right? Is Tyler Hero worth two firsts? If he is, boy, jump at it. If he's not, take what you can get. And if you find a suitor like Utah, that's sort of the perfect suitor. They got money to, they got, you know, space to, to take uh, Hero on without having to send back onerous money in the other direction, and they have a boatload of picks. It's kind of the perfect scenario if Fisher is right. And Fisher is usually really good, I will say, at reporting like how a deal gets made. He's really good at, at that part of it. Um, he's maybe not going to get the first tweet out when the deal is like finalized, but Jake seems to consistently have the kind of like building blocks to a deal in his reporting. He's really good at it. I, tr I, I trust his reporting, um, I guess, explicitly now that I've said it on the podcast. That's the latest Dame rumblings. The Blazers are going to be patient, and Utah might be interested in Tyler Hero. I still think the most likely scenario is Damian Lord gets traded to the Miami Heat sometime in August. I'll tell you what. I have a... <laughs> I have a vacation planned 
for the uh, first full weekend in August. That, that's when it's going to happen. <laughs> Your boy's going to be out there with no internet, no Wi-Fi, and they're going to trade Dame. It's going to be the biggest you know, day in Blazer land and, I don't know, since 1995 when Clyde got traded or whatever. I guess they made the Western Conference Finals in 2000. The biggest, you know, in 25 years or whatever, the biggest day in, in Blazers history in 25 years. And it's like, oh yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back on Wednesday. Whoops, that's when he's going to get traded. I still think it's the most likely scenario. The Blazers can hold out. They can hold out for a better deal. I'm not sure that deal materializes. Um, we will see... They're going to be patient, which means waiting three whole weeks or more. Thanks for being patient with me and waiting for the third segment of this program to listen to the latest Dame rumblings. Um, I appreciate you. More shows next week. We do five of them, Monday through Friday. Tell your friends about the podcast. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. Oh.